opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. And Peter Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. I love that song. That really resonates with me. Grooving on a feeling off Putumayo World Party. So uh, let's see. And uh, lots of good tracks. We're going to have to listen to a little bit of that, a little more of that later on. Standing by to join me is actually someone I've known for a very long time, a friend of mine, Ira Israel. And he's a licensed psychotherapist and creator of the DVD series, A Beginner's Guide to Happiness, A Beginner Guide to Mindfulness Meditation, and Mindfulness for Depression. He has graduate degrees in psychology, philosophy, and religious studies, and teaches mindfulness and yoga at the, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, I'll ask him, Esalen Institute and throughout, throughout the United States. So it's my pleasure to welcome this week's show, Ira Israel. Hi, Ira. Hi, Jean. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Good. I thought it would be really appropriate to have you on, especially with the holidays coming up. It's so stressful and crazy, and, you know, I thought it would be awesome. Well, um, you know, that always reminds me of this famous um, phrase by Ram Dass. He said, if you ever think you're enlightened, go spend the weekend with your family. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Yes. And this is the time for us to, you know, be together with uh, uh, all those people who inspire us in so many different ways. Right, right. The good and the bad. Right. Uh, So I want to, before we get into what it is you do, I want to find out your backstory because, like I mentioned, I've known you for a very long time. We met in a guitar (laughs) store in Stanford, Connecticut, which is cool. Uh And um, how did you, you know, gravitate to this as your focus in life? Well, you know, um, so we met when we were 12, and then right after I was became 18, I, there was a car accident. Right. And so um, it kind of set me off on this journey for 25 years that I didn't know that I was going to go on. But the first part of it was essentially this philosophical quest, uh, you know, what's the meaning of life? And so I got a master's degree in philosophy, and I moved to Paris, and I drank a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, acted the way philosophers do uh, when <laughs> they're searching for the meaning of life. And then I ended up in, um, from Paris, I went to Asia, and I got oh, a wow. taste of Buddhism and Hinduism and yoga and meditation. And that set me on a spiritual journey for about 10 years, just trying on all different um, spiritualities and modalities and, mm-hmm. and uh, esoteric healing stuff. 
And then after that, um, I got waylaid by a relationship that uh, went awry mm -hmm. continuously. It was kind of like the Mark Twain, uh, you know, giving up smoking is easy. I've done it several times. Right. It was. It was like it was one of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. So um, I got into psychology. So the so over those twenty five years, the first part was this philosophical journey, and then the second part was this spiritual journey, and then the third part was uh, getting a psychological um, uh, journey or uh, exploration, and uh, then it all came together, oddly, um, in a Rodney Yee's yoga studio in um, Piedmont, California, because I was teaching a class, right. and a woman came in and put her hands down and... Um, in addition to the three graduate degrees, I had also gone to film school, and um, I swear it, it sounds ridiculous, but I, the way she put her thumb and finger down, and the way her shoulders expanded in the opposite direction, which is—I mean, she was probably double jointed. You could be—I'm uh, yeah. not, not going to attribute this to some mystical thing, right. but I literally heard like a voice saying, "Like you have to make." yoga, mindfulness DVDs. And so all of those, if you looked at my life for those 25 years, you'd be like, oh, you know, he's a lovely lost soul, you know, <laughs> studying philosophy, studying mm -hmm. Buddhism, studying these things. And then at that one point in time, all of those interests converged. Right. And it was, it was just like, wow. And so for the last eight years, I've been um, making these uh, DVDs uh, mm -hmm. on happiness and meditation and mindfulness and then um, touring to support them and teaching at Esalen and Omega and those places. Excuse me one second. You know what's interesting? A lot of times we, we don't really know where we're headed, but we just follow our gut and we're in a funk. We're in a funk big time, so we just do all these things. And you, you, you know, I don't know if you had it at the time, but sometimes there are critics going, "What are you doing?" You know, yeah. get get your act together. But you feel like you're just going to keep going because you have this feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's really interesting to me. It's a, I, I have heard a phrase, and now I can't cite it directly. It's by Ani DeFranco from one of her songs, and mm -hmm. she basically said, I, "I like I have to cut my own path." Yes. And and that really resonated with me. Like this is like for me, it was coming from Stanford, Connecticut, from the background that we came from. Right. Like this is totally untrodden territory. Nobody growing up ever said, "Oh, you should read Nietzsche and the Buddha and go to India and sit in an ashram at four thirty in the morning and meditate." <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. like but that was not a part of our the world that we grew no, up in. Not at all. <laughs> So that's amazing. And so once you found this as your passion, things started coming together for you. Yeah, it really all fell into place, um, which is super interesting. Um, I, you know from my class, I, I teach uh, the Bhagavad Gita, and from that I deduce essentially the phrase, follow your dharma. And mm -hmm. so dharma is your understanding of how the universe is operating on the macro level and on the micro level, your relationship to that, or um, your calling, what the, what, what the signs you're getting are telling you to do, which Joseph Campbell um, famously said, you know, follow your bliss. Like the things that, that um, cause pleasure in you will guide you towards, you know. So I um, really found a lot of um, pleasure in... in Practicing yoga for twenty years, and mm -hmm. then uh, and then the meditations and things like that, and 
um, you know, so then it was just a point of um, learning to give back and to, you know, there, there was literally a point in time, as I said, when I, when I, when I started to make the DVDs and started to teach, where I just felt, God, I've been so indulgent for these 25 years just, right. like, studying, like, this stuff, and it's my time to give back. Yes. And so I created this course, and, um, and as you know, because you were there, or you, it, yeah, it, I was there. it's like a two-hour TED Talk, and it kind of just works. And um, I, it's, it's funny, um, if you join me at Esalen, besides the, the, this talk that you saw me give, mm-hmm. and also teaching yoga, I do this thing called drive-through therapy. What is that? Well, you know, it's funny. I'm really, uh, I've been studying a lot Jacques Lacan, who is a neo-Freudian, who created his own, he cut his own path, um, and he was a um, psychologist in France. And so people would just go to his office, and he would arbitrarily come out and choose a person, and you could be in there for five minutes or four hours, you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I'm teaching, in between the classes, um, I'll do these, like, 20-minute, um, some people call them interviews, but essentially people just um, download, like, what's going on in their life. And I, and I for some reason, I'm a magnet for trauma. So, so people <laughs> come and say, this traumatic thing happened, and this traumatic thing happened, and yeah. this bad thing happened, yeah. and I almost died, and my, oh my person in my life died. And I spend a couple of minutes reframing it to give them another perspective. I mean, Eckhart Tolle, when he was teaching and when I saw him teach, I would say what he was doing was Buddhism light, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, as if you've um, been following some of the things that I've been writing, I know that Buddhism is not a religion. Uh, you know, the Buddha wrote a prescription to alleviate suffering. So okay. there's no there, there's nothing religious about anything that I do. Right. It's just it's just another uh, you know perspective on it that we happen to call you know religion or spirituality. Right. But we're all going to go through um, ups and downs, particularly yes. during the holiday season. Oh yeah, it to be exacerbated. And um, you know we we need to learn how to deal with them. And right. you know quite simply, you know the answer or the the panacea for me is authenticity. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to trying to um, uh, stave off uh, the, the the grief that we have to feel when people pass in our lives, or when uh, relationships die, or when jobs die, or right. when things go awry, um, and then when you're um, you know when you're really blissful and you're enjoying life, to be like, wow, you know, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is amazing. I'm I'm being present and I'm just here now and I'm enjoying it. Yes, absolutely. I, I actually want to interject something. I watched a beginner's guide to happiness. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. One of the things you touched on is meditation is so difficult for people. And I know that when I go, I went to a yoga class yesterday and I had a lot of my mind. Why is that? Because we get our personal identity through our thoughts. Descartes famously said, I think, therefore I am which it was a tremendous disservice to Western civilization because we really, um, I mean, we identify with that hamster wheel in our heads of 50,000 to 90,000 thoughts every day. 95% are the same that you had yesterday, and most of them are negative. Our minds have a negativity bias because they're built to try to stave off future traumas. You know, so they really cling on to the past traumas, and they said, wow, that really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to let that happen again. 
So I'm going to, you know, create these reactions. I'm going to be a certain way. I'm going to think certain things. And then when you sit and you meditate and you watch that, you uh, eventually realize, like, wow, this is an incredible um, bias that mm-hmm. my, you know, this, this is, this is like, this is not, um, I mean, I would, um, the word of my mind is clean. Like, this is not, you know, I'm not just sitting here breathing and it's just this, uh, I want to think, proper or clean experience. It's yes. like, there's a whole tornado of, of weird thoughts in my head going on and yes. I basically have no control of it. I know. Some of your uh, methods, like breathing and the way you sit, and I find that, you know, you have to kind of get focus. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you don't learn how to tame your mind the way um, you would tame a a little puppy, you know, with with care, Mm -hmm. then it'll basically drag you around for your entire life, and you're just a slave to your whatever, you know, thoughts go in and out. So the one type of meditation that I really love is the observing the thoughts, because if you can create that, that, that distance from whatever the essential you is or your higher self, and you can just sit there and watch your thoughts go through your mind screen, then when you're spinning out on the road and you become reactive, you can, you can take that deep breath and you can be like, wow, you know, that's a really interesting thought that I should stick up my middle finger at that person who just cut me off. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that, you know, that's not going to get me any place. That's not going to, that's just a stupid childish reaction because, right. you know, you feel disrespected or for whatever reason. Yes. Well, I love that you, when you talk about um, cultivating non-reactivity. You know, right. we're so quick to yell and jump and get angry and you know, breathe a little, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Um, Easier said than done. Poor. Yeah. Say that again? Easier said than done. Well, I, 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 um, I've learned to laugh at my reactions. You know, I've learned to um, not... To, <laughs> to understand that they're not in my best interest, that, that the, right. the things that I consider... Uh, just like, um, I don't know what to call it, because uh, it's not natural. I wasn't born with these reactions. I wasn't born, someone didn't say, oh, it's a good idea when someone cuts you off on the road to pick mm-hmm. up your middle finger. Yes. You know, so, um, <laughs> but those those reactions that I, that I I learned, I just, I know, don't bode well for my overall happiness. So when I hear them, when, <laughs> when those ideas go off in my head, I'm like, Wow, that's fascinating. Like, where did that come from? Like, yes. what, what, a, what, how interesting. Right. You know, I, what I've learned, too, because um, my, my father, who you know, recently passed, but mm-hmm. he was very hot-headed. I mean, I remember driving up the Merritt Parkway in Stanford, and he would be, like, driving right next to somebody, like, right behind them, you know, flashing his high beams, like, get over, you know. And <laughs> I developed this same kind of personality, and then later on I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. So recently... I'll share this ridiculous story with you. I was out with my daughter, and I was backing out, or no, I was pulling into a spot, and someone was going to back out, and I honked so she would see me. So what does she do? She gets out of her car, and I'm with my daughter. She gives us the finger. And I'm like, the the old me would have gotten really angry. And I just rolled down my window, and I said something very calmly, like, you know, 
whatever, I'm not going to repeat it, but it was very calm and it would, it's not loaded with F-bombs or anything. And my daughter was like, oh my gosh, I thought you were going to get so angry. I'm like, nah, not worth it. You know, um, firstly, my condolences on your father's passing. Thank you. And secondly, I had a, a colleague once who told me, this is kind of polemical, but I'll just say it, we become what we hate. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of us, like the little girl in the car who wants, uh, you know, who still exists in Janine, and right. there's obviously the little Ira and me who wants to be accepted by our parents, even though we're now 48 years old. And so um, later in life, we, 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 even though we hated those things as a kid, right. we, we, they, that's the information that our mind gives us, like, hey, if you want to be liked by your parents, like, be like them. And if they were screaming while driving or giving mm-hmm. people the finger, <laughs> then, you know, even they could be, <laughs> I, this, is, this is a terrible joke. But uh, I had a, this incredible actor who I, I was very intimidated. He came to one of my classes at Esalen, and we had lunch, and he was our age. And he turned to me at lunch, and he said, my mother's been dead for three years. When is she going to stop criticizing me? <laughs> oh, God. And, and I turned to him, and I used the joke. I said, well, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Yeah. And um, yeah. so it's really interesting because we have those voices in our head, and, yes. you know, uh, a lot of people particularly um, uh, in various programs, have what they call negative Mm self-talk. And so when people have that when they're our age, I always ask them, I was like, wow, that's a really interesting voice. Like, were you born with that? Right. And the answer is no, obviously. But we we have this, 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 like, not good enough, I'll I'll only be happy when I win the lottery, I'll only be happy when I marry this person, when I get this new job, this and that. And, um, you know, that is a surefire way to cause suffering in your life. Yes, and tremendous low self-esteem, for sure. Right. Yeah. So what advice would you give to people? Or maybe you want to talk about some of the tools in your... Well, I really think, again, um, I don't know the best way to phrase it, but being present and understanding uh, what's going on, maybe it's awareness or um, being able to show up in an authentic manner and know that there are dynamics that are beyond your control, like the one we just talked about, Mm -hmm. that reaction when someone comes out of the car, you have to yell back at them or something. There's just certain things that we all learned, and uh, at the end of the day, they do not engender our overall happiness. So we have to find the tools that keep us at the higher ends of our happiness spectrums, and those include learning how to be present, learning how to um, listen to other people and really uh, make them feel heard, you know, uh, so that they don't have to terrorize you or, or, or scream and yell and, and right. really jam things down your throat. Just, just really make um, the people around you who you care about, uh, you know, just acknowledge their thoughts feelings and, and actions. So yes. those are the things, like showing up authentically, knowing that um, the only thing that correlates strongly with happiness at the end of the day is the quality of your intimate relationships, how you connect to people and how you attach. So if you're multitasking mm-hmm. while you're pushing your stroller, while you're walking your dog, you know, you're, you're not being present. You know, if you're, right. if you're texting while you're driving, 
you know, then it's it's you're asking for 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 trouble, problems. Yeah. So yeah. for me, again, the only, the best shot that we all have at um, alleviating suffering in our life and being happy is to be authentic, which, uh, you know, is not the prettiest thing all the time. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of the day, showing up, being real, um, being honest, uh, being frank, and cleaning up whatever messes that we make is is the best way to uh, cultivate those relationships that will make us feel connected, loved, trusted, and happy at the end of the day. Right, right. And I also find, uh, I'll just share this, you know, we all have a lot of things in our minds, but if we bury ourselves in our phones and we're constantly wrapped up in technology, it's so important to communicate, look somebody in the eye, put the phone away. And even I find with my kids, you know, look them in the eye, listen to them. Right. You might not be so enthralled what they're talking about, but give them um, some time, some of your time. Well, the phrase that I, I like is that mirror neurons do not fire ver- via IM or text messaging or anything like that. And mm-hmm. you, you know, we you really like we need hugs. Yeah. We need we need. I mean, that's what I learned in from living in Europe uh, twenty years ago. It's like a three-hour lunch. That's um, that's kind of normal and a five six hour dinner and we're chatting and you know that's that's kind of normal and in los angeles particularly because of um <laughs> i'm just thinking <laughs> yesterday we went to uh like a housewarming party in malibu and we we ended we drove two hours to spend an hour there right <gasps> and, it? and it's kind of normal <laughs> and particularly on a sunday afternoon on right. ECH, and there was an accident yeah. so I'm, I'm not complaining but we spend a lot of time uh, alone in our cars, and we, we kind of want to make use of that time. So we're on the phone, and we're texting, and we're doing things. Yes. But, um, yeah, um, showing up for people and cutting out the time to turn off our cell phones and, and share a meal, share an experience, take a walk on the beach, take a hike, take a yoga class with people, connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the things. I, I mean, I'm of the strong belief that the alienation that is kind of um, caused by the, the, the delusion of connecting through Facebook and Instagram is right. really, you know, the thing that causes people to feel depressed. Because, you know, as I said, we need hugs, we need uh, mirror neurons firing, which we do through, you know, this contact, like, you know, in person. Right. No, I fully agree. I think there's a good use of technology, and there's a really poor use of technology. You know, well, it's it's early days. Uh, you know, like yeah. it's been it hasn't been twenty years, but you yeah. know the way our lifestyles have changed. I really I remember when I could read a book for two hours and sit there, and uh, you know, it, this is horrifying to admit in public, but for me to get through a paragraph without checking my email or text or something, not looking down at one of my devices. Is a, is a, is now a miracle in my life. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> no, that is not good for somebody like me who has to read a lot of books and keep up with all the the literature. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to retrain these things. And um, one of the ways, as you know, through the DVD, is just to meditate for even if it's just five minutes a day and just just watch that anxiety that builds up through not being connected through that way that we think we're connected, which is, you know, the Internet. 
I love in your DVD, you're sitting in these public places just quietly and stilly, very still, and you're, people are walking by you. Was that, little, was that awkward at first? Um, yeah, I don't even remember. A friend of mine kind of dared me to meditate in Grand Central Station, and I ended up sitting there for like 20 minutes, and then I was watching last night um, some, some like outtakes, and a, a couple of like a family came over and they were asking what I'm doing in French and then they the two I'm going to put it up on the internet someplace because mm-hmm. it's so beautiful these two little girls like seven and six years old they uh-huh. sat down in the middle of Grand Central Station with me and started to meditate uh-huh. and while you know 50,000 people are streaming by with their yes. briefcases and things so right. it's it's kind of um it's. I get a lot of like smiles, and I would. I was meditating at, on a meridian at night um, in Las Vegas, and a taxi driver like pulled up <laughs> and he said, "Oh, meditation, very good," and he drove off, yeah. and it was just like hysterical. So people, it's becoming a part of our culture to learn how to um, calm ourselves down, calm our minds, de-stress ourselves. It, I mean, it's a it's a very effective tool. So mm-hmm. it's more mainstream. So people don't look at you uh, so oddly when you're doing it. And um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been fun to see the reactions of people um, when I go to you know London or Paris or and 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 meditate in public places. It's, I think it's, it's great. You know. It's great. If people want to find out more information about you, or are you teaching any yoga classes coming up? I, um, because of the release of the DVD, A Beginner's Guide to Happiness, a couple of weeks ago, so I'm doing libraries now uh, because they promote the DVD, and then mm-hmm. I'll be at Black Dog Yoga in, um, uh, I think it's in Studio City in January, and then mm-hmm. at Esalen twice next year. So it's, everything's on my website, www.iraisrael.com. Okay. And you still play a mean guitar. <laughs> That's very kind. We have to play sometime. I have a, I have all these really nice guitars. I'm not sure as you... good as you, but you're you're awesome. I thought you, you know played... what? I, it, but it's but it, it's it's again. This is this is a really funny thing. Yeah, it's about presence. It's That's about right. Being with the instrument while you're with the instrument, no, and right. getting those sounds. So it's funny because I because I, you're probably much better musician than I am, and I it's it, this is a really interesting thing because I love. Jazz, and so I'm going oh, back good. to all these tunes from like the 40s and 50s. I've been playing Autumn Leaves over and over again. I think my cat wants to strangle me <laughs> because I've played it so many times. <laughs> but I'm, but the the it's not simple. It's just um, you know to learn to learn elegance. You know when you like when you're right. a young person playing guitar. Because I have a lot of um, clients who are actually like high school kids, and they come in, and I have a bunch of guitars in my psychotherapy office. Mm-hmm. So we pick up guitars and we're kind of jamming while we talk. Oh, nice! And it's really interesting to watch them because they're so. Um, I, I mean, if it's guys, it's a lot of times like they're, if you're a 15 year old guy, you're full of testosterone. Right. So it comes out on the guitar the way they shred. Shredding. You know, <laughs> and I'm looking at them, and so now as a middle aged person, like yeah. I can, I can, I don't have to feed into that um, right. fervor. And I can be like, wow, like, let's try to play this elegantly rather than, you know, yes. uh, some other way that would right. be more immature. Yes, yes. No, I know what you're saying because I, w- I had this conversation with another musician that shredding doesn't necessarily mean you have a lot of musical uh, talent and you're finding meaning in that piece. You know what I mean? Right. So now I'm looking for some meaning and some um, 
as I said, elegance or some yeah. some sort of um, some other way of approaching music. I mean, I heard that story. Neil Peart from the Rush, the drummer from Rush. Oh, yeah. he, he he. I mean, who who was lauded probably as one of the greatest drummers of all time. When he was at his height, uh, he switched to lefty, and he had an old jazz musician play, teach him to play jazz drums lefty. lefty. And so, and that would be, if I had patience and time, I would, that's something yeah. that I would do, because, the, because you can always fall into the things we learned when we were 16, but there's like, mm-hmm. a, there's like you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, that everybody can play three chords or do right. a couple of like little solos, yeah. but to really feel the instrument like, like Jimi Hendrix did, you know, it, it just, you, there's, there's this other thing going on that's greater than the sum of the parts. Yes. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. So, uh, throw out your website one more time, and we have to wrap up, unfortunately, but I hope to see you. Yeah, see you soon, too, also. It's lovely chatting with you. You, too. So, it's iraisrael.com. Ed, please, yes. Anywhere else people can find you? Are you on Facebook or? Oh, there's Instagram. I do. I'm, uh, meta, I just, someone hooked me up with this last week. I, uh, uh, so, I'm on Instagram now as Meditation Man, which I don't know if it's too gimmicky or not. I know there's I Yoga like Girl and she has 10 million followers. She does, so I was like, yeah. oh, if there's Yoga Girl, I'll just be Meditation Man. It was kind of like off the cuff, but um, I, I'm not, you know, uh, I, this whole marketing thing and people just constantly selling through the internet is not, um, it's not, it doesn't vibe with me. I don't like to do that. I like to have my office and people call me and they say I have a right. problem and they come in and, and yeah. we talk about what, it. One-on-one, not, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Well, it's cool. All right. Well, it was great chatting with you. And, it was really uh, nice. Thank you. Oh, well, and I'll see you hopefully soon, in a couple weeks okay. or so. All right. Okay, take care. great. Thanks, Janine. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was Ira Israel calling in, and he is a licensed psychotherapist, creator of the DVD series, A Beginner's Guide to Happiness. I thought it would be really appropriate, considering this is the Get the Funk Out show, and uh, the holidays can be kind of rough sometimes. So just a thought, if you're interested, you can check out his uh, website, which is www.iraisrael.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. We are listening, you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thank you. 